Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, May 28th, 2021. It has been two days since the Tony's <laughs> date was announced on Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Stees. Yeah, it's very you know, good. I like it. You're welcome. I really, yeah, uh, thank I really you, think thank you. you should keep it. <laughs> no, I don't think I'm going to do that. But, I mean, you know, when I started the whole bit, like, I never expected yeah. it to go on as long as it did. To 223, whatever. four days, yeah. whatever, yeah. What's funny is, like, I didn't expect it to go on that long, but I'm also not surprised not that it went on that long. Not in the slightest. Not even a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I know you and Grace got into the whole rigmarole yesterday, so we don't need to belabor that discussion. But yeah. I will just say that I'm a little less worked up about it than a lot of other people appear to be. Um, obviously, the whole Paramount Plus CBS thing is not ideal, but based on what I've been told from multiple people, the league and the wing had to put up quite the Titanic struggle just to get what they got. And that's essentially what we said. Like, yeah. from everything that I saw, it looked like that was the best deal that they were going to get. Like exactly. That, they had to, I think even like Lee Seymour's Forbes article said that it was an absolute compromise between the wing, the league, and CBS slash Paramount. Yeah. yeah, so I'm willing to roll with the punches for a year. I mean, especially this year coming off the pandemic if cbs tries to relegate the tonys to paramount plus in part or all next year then we can have words but like for now uh, okay i mean it, it's going from the summer which is a pretty dead period for broadcast television to the to the fall which is like when things really get going there's football there it's actually a sweeps month i think maybe mm. um maybe not uh, i never can keep up with those anymore but like mm -hmm. you know it's just it's weird. So I'm fine with this being weird. It is, it is weird. I will, I, I will, of all that, I will agree, agree with you on yeah. the, it's weird. And I mean, and the trade-off is that we get four hours of the Tonys. Every single award will be broadcast and it's, you know, actual well, entirety. It'll be, it'll be streamed. Well, broadcast is in the, the term of that we will see it all. So, I mean, like there, there are positives that come off with this trade-off. Um, and uh, I know you and Grace talked about all of the negatives, so people yeah. can go listen to that yesterday. And of course, you can listen to everything in our feed before it comes out. If you head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash patreon, uh, Peter, James, and Michael are going to have kind of a discussion as well about everything that's going on with the reopening and the Tonys on this week on Broadway. So check that out. All right, Ashley, first up in the news today, we heard about one of the more interesting projects that is uh, aiming to come to Broadway that hadn't yet begun performances in New York. And that is the Britney Spears jukebox musical, Once Upon a One More Time. When, <laughs> when the world Beautiful. shut down last year, the show had been planning to have its out-of-town tryout at Chicago's Nederlander Theater in the spring of 2020. And then a Broadway opening last summer at the Marquee. However, now the show have sh has shifted to the nation's capital, where we'll have its world premiere at the Shakespeare Theater Company from November 3rd through January 2nd, with a presumed Broadway opening somewhere fairly close thereafter, at least in the plans. Now, if you've forgotten what this show is about, again, yes, it is a Britney Spears jukebox musical, but no, it is not a bio-musical. Instead, writer John Hartmere has interpolated the Princess of Pops songs into a story in which classic fairy tale princesses gather for their fortnightly book club, as they are wont to do, longing for a new story, 
when a rogue fairy godmother drops the feminine mystique into their corseted laps, it spurs a royal revelation that there is more to life than bird-made dresses and true love's kiss. Okay. Now, okay. Yeah. I we'll I didn't recall the plot, uh, and I don't dislike that. Yeah. I it's don't very, dislike it. It's very into the woods, head over heels, like yeah. trying to do some of those things. Now, before the shutdown, sit uh, sitcom star Briga Heelan, who has a musical theater background, um, had been cast as Cinderella, and Justin Guarini had been tapped to play Prince Charming. Other performers who were attached to the Chicago and presumably Broadway runs were Simon Callow, Emily Skinner, Aisha Jackson, Ashley Chiu, Brooke Dillman, Wanu Ogunfawara, Mimi Scardula, Tess Soltau, Ali Trim, and Morgan Wheat. Casting for the DC run has not yet been announced, but I would imagine a number of those people um, will be back, especially since the plan is to bring the show to Broadway fairly quickly yeah. after this holiday run. And Ashley, I kind of think that this show, assuming that the book is any good and it's not right. an absolute train wreck, can actually do decent business in New York. I mean, maybe if it, even if it is an absolute train wreck. <laughs> not that we haven't had terrible book musicals on Broadway before uh, with well-known songbooks. Yeah, like I said, I didn't... I don't even know if I remember hearing the plot before. And I've just kind of, like, assumed what it was going to be about. Like, I've heard the bare bones of it, but not to that extent and i actually kind of like that yeah. i'm i'd be really interested to see what's going to happen with this and you know talking about any kind of jukebox musical especially with properties as well known as britney spears especially with like the past year that britney's had where you know this is mm -hmm. a whole free britney campaign and everything she's more in the public eye than she has been in a really long time. Uh, so I think the timing for this is perfect. I think the timing for this, especially right after the holidays into the new year is going to be really important for as well. So yeah, I think like you said, as long as it's not an absolute garbage fire of a musical, uh, <laughs> I, I think we'll see it on Broadway and I think it will put up, pretty good numbers the only problem with it putting up pretty good numbers there's one major problem you know what that is no the fact that it had originally been slated to go into the marquee if it goes back to the marquee mm. nothing, <laughs> nothing nothing does that well is, at the that marquee. place is haunted yeah, yeah uh, not a great venue for shows but i would imagine that with a year plus off i mean i, I mean uh, a year and a half by the time it hits washington dc like i would imagine there yeah. has to be some sort of of uh, added storyline, or maybe it was already there to begin with, um, that that mm. connects back to the free Britney stuff. Yeah, maybe. So, um, I, I mean, that's kind of also the uh, Rapunzel plot as well. I mean, it's, Pretty much. you know, it, yeah. that's already in there. And if I'm scrolling through the previous cast list, Rapunzel was supposed to be played uh, by Wanu Ogunfawara, who was amazing Sweet. in uh, We Are the Tigers and Scotland, PA. Yeah. Um, so yeah. she's fantastic. Mimi Scardula was her uh, castmate in We Are the Tigers, oh, which is, right, uh, right. Which is uh, I love that show uh, very much. So Bringing um, the whole I'm, gang back for this one. I know. So I'm excited to see what this is. I'm um, too. I'm, I, too. I'm 
like I'm actually excited for this one. I was I'm a lifelong Britney fan, uh, because really? I'm a child of the nineties, so it's Br- in my it's in my blood. So yeah. you know. Yeah, Britney's um about my age, so I essentially grew up as she did as well. We knew so. each other, obviously. Yeah. Yes, we went to preschool together and nice. uh she once um took a block and swung it and it hit me across the head and she said hit me I said hit me yeah, baby one more time and baby. that's where yeah, the I was, song I was I was waiting to see where that was yeah, going to work out. It. it was bad. You did Please it. cut that out. Please I'm cut not that. refuse. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Edi- our- editor privilege. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right Ashley, let's take a minute to talk about our sponsor this week, Express VPN. You know, when back in the day when Brittany and I were in preschool together, <laughs> the, the internet wasn't a thing. Now I the, can't cut it. It's part I of know. the ad. I know. Um, but the internet wasn't a thing. Like, it grew up with me and Brittany, and things changed so much from the early days of the interwebs where you could just go into an AOL, AOL chat room, type in ASL, and that's all the information you could get about the people you were that's communicating true. with. Today, there are hundreds and thousands of data harvesters online looking to get every single bit of information about you that they can so that they can sell it to marketers, uh, to ne'er-do-wells, to anybody who wants to get more information about you. Mm-hmm. And thankfully with ExpressVPN, you can avoid all that. So what you do is once you connect, and it only takes one button to connect to ExpressVPN, your connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server. Your IP address is masked. Because one of the things about that is those data brokers are trying to buy your IP address and use it to uniquely identify you in your location. You don't want that. Neither does Britney Spears, especially not Britney Spears. The best part of that is how easy ExpressVPN is to use no matter what device you're on phone, laptop, smart TV, all you have to do, like I said, is tap one button and get protected. So if like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com slash broadway radio and get three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash broadway radio. Go to expressvpn.com slash broadway radio to learn more. All right, Ashley, let's get back into the news. And first up, earlier this week, The Guardian reported that the Royal Court, the Oxford Playhouse, the Contact Theatre, the Royal Exchange in Manchester, and more of the UK's biggest theatres have promised to only cast trans, non-binary, and gender non-conforming roles with trans, non-binary, and gender non-conforming performers. In a statement, these theaters said in part, quote, we will never cast or endorse a production that casts a cisgender person in a trans, non-binary, or GNC role. We will actively seek casting opportunities for trans, non-binary, and GNC people in any role regardless of gender, acknowledging that they are currently underrepresented on our stages and screens. We recognize that trans, non-binary, and gender non-conforming people have intersecting identities, including and not limited to ethnicity, disability, sexuality, class, faith, migrant status, that affect their access to opportunities. We recognize that white voices are often centered. We recognize that black, trans, non-binary, and gender non-conforming people face the toughest barriers due to anti-black racism. We are also aware that colorism is a huge issue. We commit to challenging these issues through our casting. Now, actually, that's the majority of the statement, but not mm-hmm. all the statement. We'll have a link if people want to read the full thing. But having read that, here's my question. And maybe you can help right. me with this. Okay, I'm ready. 
Why was that so hard? It's not done. That that is a clear, definitive, powerful mm-hmm. statement, and even more importantly, it, it's a it's a commitment that these companies can be held to if their actions do not live up to these standards that they've set for themselves. Yep. They acknowledge the problem and multiple problems actually in the industry at large, and vowed to not be a part of it in the future in their own theaters. So why haven't more theaters, specifically American theaters, made similarly strong and martial planian statements? That's that's the question, isn't it? I mean, I have no answer for that. It is that easy. And you can't tell me that it's not that easy. It's yeah, it was, absolutely it was a, that easy. It was it was a bit of a sarcastic, satirical, rhetorical oh, weird. question. Weird. I yeah. couldn't I couldn't sense it. Yeah, Thank you sorry. for clearing that sorry. up for me. Sorry about that. Thank My you apologies. so much. <laughs> this is the thing. After and it's even more infuriating because it is that easy. Any theater company can do this. You've got large theater companies doing this. And I mean as far as the US off-Broadway theaters have at least somewhat committed to that, whether they've put out these massive statements or not, but you at least see trans and gender non-conforming and non-binary actors in those roles, unlike on Broadway. Um, but it, it's especially frustrating after a year where you get like, you know, Broadway is starting to reannounce their shows and now the UK is starting to reannounce their shows, off-Broadway starting to reannounce their shows here. And we haven't seen those statements over here. So to me, this is like UK is getting back to business and it looks like, you know, whether the follow through is there with all these theaters or not, uh, it at least looks like they're going to commit to a more equitable stage and behind the scenes environment. We haven't gotten that from the US and we've barely gotten any statements from major US theaters as we've talked about for the past year <laughs> on anything mm-hmm. regarding equity. So it's it's doubly frustrating. It's frustrating on a normal year and it's frustrating after a year of complete silence from Broadway's biggest theaters and organizations and producers and everything else. Yeah, it, it is a little different when you have the fact that these are theater companies that put on their own shows as opposed yeah. to Broadway, yeah, yeah. where these are all individual productions. But that doesn't preclude um, producing companies and production companies or the not-for-profit Broadway companies exactly. to come out and say it exactly. as well. Like, you don't have to be a produ- like a, a company that has an entire slate of shows that you're completely in charge of. You can be a production company. And that's even more so on Broadway. And that's why it's even more frustrating is that Broadway's run by like five or six different producers yeah. or houses. They're not going to lose anything from making a stance like this or putting out statements like this. They're in charge of the whole damn thing. So it's even it's yeah. actually even easier for Broadway to do something like this. They just don't. What what they are going to lose is the fact that they can if they say this they can no longer cast someone like Andrew Garfield in a stage <laughs> adaptation of The Danish Girl or something like that. That's really all they're going to lose is a star role uh or a star playing a trans non-binary gender non-conforming role. That's all they can lose. And at that point if if they lose that, they should be losing that. So I have no sympathy for them. And but. that's and that's not to say that UK is like, oh my god, we're like UK theater no, 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 is no. completely on top of it because we just talked about what's his name, Eddie Redmayne doing cabaret. Yeah. <laughs> like things, this isn't a solution to anything, but it's a step forward that the U.S. theater is oh, yeah. not taking. I said Andrew Garfield. I get him and Eddie I know Redmayne confused. I know she, they're the know, same person. They're they all really are cursed Victorian really are. dolls. Well, and they both got Tony awards, so it's like eh. yeah. Oh, well. They, anyway, they did do. 
Yeah. All right, Ashley, moving on. It was announced earlier this week that Howard University would rename its newly reestablished College of Fine Arts after alum Chadwick Boseman, who, before his death, had actually agreed to serve on the college's board and to develop a masterclass series for its students. Disney Executive Chairman Bob Iger will also spearhead the fundraising for an, ed- an endowment named after Bozeman, and this announcement comes just weeks after one of Bozeman's mentors and fellow Howard alum, Felicia Rashad, was named the college's dean. Now, Ashley, there is absolutely nothing about this story that I'm going to complain about. We Correct. can complain about a lot of stories. Yeah. There's we nothing about this. Already yes, today. <laughs> like literally our job. But I uh, nothing nothing but warm and fuzzy feelings about this. Exactly. Yeah, this is a great move. Obviously very well deserved. So very happy to have seen this in the news on Wednesday when it was announced. Yeah. All right. Finally, in this section, on Thursday, it was announced that the AMC Empire 25 movie theater in Times Square would premiere an inaugural festival called Broadway Live Cinema Festival from July 15th through August 8th. They will feature the classic movie musicals Chicago, West Side Story, The Wizard of Oz, Little Shop of Horrors, and the new In the Heights adaptation. But here's where it gets a little different. Each film will be presented as an immersive theatrical experience where live performances by Broadway stars will be integrated into the classic Hollywood movie musicals. We've seen this before. They do it at the Hollywood Bowl. They do it at Radio Park. This is something that is becoming Mm -hmm. uh, fairly big uh, over the last few years, even pre-pandemic. After the live cinema performance, audiences will be treated to exclusive access to 54 Below at the AMC rooftop, where they can enjoy an outdoor after-party with top-line talent curated by 54 Below's Jennifer Ashley Tepper. The full lineup of performers will be announced at a later date, but if you head over to the link that we have in our show notes, you can see exactly um, uh, which shows and which films will be uh, taking place when and you can get your tickets now now actually i'm not going to be in town during the summer months um, mm. but if i were like i think this is something that i would do like i i'm mm-hmm. starting to feel more comfortable to go out to movie theaters and stuff like that even down here in the rough and tumble central <laughs> florida area this is really cool i'm of two minds of this because i definitely want to do this uh but the other side is i can't believe i have to go to amc in Times square like, <laughs> that's my living nightmare <laughs> yeah, well, i hate that theater i hate it so much but I've I'll never go. Been to that, i've never been to that movie theater i know the one in lincoln center is apparently like IMAX is nice center. The IMAX at AMC Empire is good. The Lincoln Center one's good. I like the Lincoln Center one. Uh, but yeah, AMC Empire. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have some words for Miss Tepper that she's actually (laughs) forcing me to go to AMC Empire. Uh, (laughs) But I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be there. How dare her. Uh, (laughs) All right, Ashley, we're gonna close out the show with two reading recommendations. They are both kind of like interviews, profiles on two Broadway stars turned movie musical stars. The first is from the New York Times where Elizabeth Vincentelli spoke with Mike Feist about his first Amazon Prime series Panic and then his turn as Riff in West Side Story. You can read that one. We'll have a link in the show notes. And then the other one is from The Hollywood Reporter, a reporter where Rebecca Sun... (laughs) Reporter. Hollywood Reporter. I'm channeling Mike Feist in Newsies. Yeah, Mike (laughs) Feist uh, was in Newsies, and so I had that going on. 
You know, star reporter. There you uh, go. Anyway, so uh, the Hollywood reporter Rebecca's son um, has a wonderful profile on uh, Anthony Ramos's long journey to In the Heights. Um, I saw a, a quote in there where um, basically Lin-Manuel Miranda said something to the effect of when he came in to audition for Hamilton – you just knew that this guy was going to be a star. That checks and out. Yeah. yeah. Totally checks out in everything that he's done. And having seen in the Heights, yeah, it definitely checks out mm, in that. So see. recommend both uh, of these articles about two guys who are certainly up and coming, um, even beyond the musical theater world. All right, everybody, that's all we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWB Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. Don't forget, everybody, that we're going to have a really interesting discussion coming up on Sunday on This Week on Broadway. And even though Monday is Memorial Day, we will have an episode of Today on Broadway. So check that out in the feeds. Have a great three-day holiday weekend. Hopefully you get Monday off. And uh, wherever you go, don't forget, Broadway Radio is right there to get you all the news that you need to be theatrically minded. I don't know. I'm just rambling at this point. All of that. Yeah. Nonstop. Have a good weekend. (laughs) Man is nonstop. <laughs>